Scott Street Emmy Church. We hope you find this message inspiring and encouraging in your walk as a disciple of our Lord Jesus Christ. Church family, it's good to be together on a, on a cool Sunday morning. We're continuing our series called Strive, finding our place and finding our, our purpose in serving Christ. And today we're looking at a parable, a parable of the kingdom. And um, these parables uh, shed light on what the kingdom of God is like. Today, Matthew 21 to 16 is one of the uh, earlier parables of the kingdom. There are seven of them in total. And uh, these parables often start like ours did. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure. Matthew 13, 44, a treasure hidden in a field. Luke 13, 18 says the kingdom of heaven is like leaven that a woman took and... and, uh, And she put it in three measures of flour till it was all leavened. There are seven parables, and they all have something to teach us about the kingdom of God. And uh, today we'll look at this kingdom parable and at the amazing generosity of God. So this parable is really about generosity. And uh, thank you, Joan, for reading the scripture. It's quite a story, and uh, as people who live surrounded by vineyards, we... um, we can relate to this story. Um, I hear that many of our workers are coming from Mexico in three weeks or four weeks. Uh, spring is soon upon us, and uh, the workers will be coming. The story today looks at the generosity of God, but it also looks at um, jealousy and people who feel entitled. It's, uh, it's a very interesting story. So, God welcomes all of us as sons and daughters, the first and the last. No barriers, no distinctions. Those who come first, those who come last, it doesn't matter. We're all welcomed by God. Here's a story uh, from John Ortberg. It's, a, it's an interesting story. He called the story The Gift, and it relates to this story and giftedness. He writes, sometimes after my grandmother died, my grandfather called my mother with an unusual offer. Kathy, he said in his heavy Swedish accent, his grandfather's accent, I was going through some of your mother's things in the attic when I came upon a box of dishes. I was going to get rid of them, but I noticed that they were blue, and I know that's your favorite color. So why don't you come and take a look at them, and if you want them, they're yours. Otherwise, they go to the charity shop. So Grandpa was cleaning out the attic and found grandma's china. So my mother went to the attic expecting to find some old dinnerware. Instead, when she opened the box, she was looking at some of the most exquisite china she'd ever seen. Each plate was individually painted with a beautiful floral pattern, this beautiful blue pattern. The cups were inlaid with mother of pearl, and the dishes and cups were rimmed with gold. I don't know, my mother has some beautiful old, old cups and dishes like that. Um... The plates had been handcrafted in Germany in a factory that had been destroyed in the Second World War, so they were irreplaceable. So this beautiful, irreplaceable china. Yet, uh, John writes, my mother had never seen the china before. She asked my, uh, so the grandfather about it, he had grown up in the family, he, he had never seen the china either. Eventually, they found out from some other family members the story of the china. So when uh, Oma... Uh, was very young, she was given this china for her birthdays, for Christmases when she was young. 
They weren't a wealthy family, so the china was very valuable and very precious to her. So every time she got a piece, she would wrap it up very carefully and put it in a box. Um, so the question, he questioned, why had my parents never seen it? And he says, you have to understand Swedes to understand the story. And uh, I think that Swedes are a little bit like Mennonites in that Swedes are a very cautious people. They, they don't roll a dice easily. Um, he says, my great aunts lived for 80 years in a beautiful Victorian house that the great-grandfather had built in the 1800s. And maybe you've been in some of these houses. The house had what was called the parlor. Have you been in a house with a parlor? You know, a beautiful parlor. And it was reserved for special guests. And he says, no one in his memory ever sat in the parlor because they never had a guest honored enough to sit in the parlor. That's the kind of people they are. So when the grandmother received the piece of valuable china, she wrapped it up in this beautiful tissue paper, put it in the box, and kept it in the attic for a special occasion. But no special occasion ever came along. So he writes, My grandmother went to her grave with the greatest gifts of her life, unopened and unused. When we receive a gift, we have two choices. We can think, this gift is so valuable, I can't risk it. Let me put it away. Let me protect it. You don't want to take it out of the box. Uh, you don't want to have to spend time caring for it. It might get treated roughly. It might get broken. So let's just protect it. Next option. This gift is too valuable to keep to myself. It has to be used. People need to see it. If the gift isn't taken out of the box, it's useless. There's no point in having China at all if you don't drink tea out of it. Do any of you have special China, your grandmothers and your great-grandmothers? Do, do you have special China? Yes, we have it. It's in a box. <laughs> it's in a box. Sarah, we need to get grandma's China out. There's no tragedy like the tragedy of an unopened gift. So this morning, the question to you is, what is your gift, and have you opened it? Are you using it? As the people of God, we're blessed with many gifts from our Creator. We have the gift of life and breath. We have the gift of family and friends, talents, abilities, spiritual gifts, skills. We have the gift of material blessings. And then, as we reflect on this story of Grandma's China, the question is, have we opened our gifts? Have we used our gifts? This week, I want you to take time. Think about your family, your friends. Think about your gifts, your talents. Think about our physical blessings. How are we using the gifts that we've been given? Do we have gifts that we're not using? Beautiful words that need to be spoken. Did you write any Valentine's cards this year? Did you, did you send any Valentine's cards? Did you? I see some, some heads shaking. It's good to send Valentine's cards, to tell people you love them. You, I think last year I told you the story of St. Valentine. I'll tell it to you again next year. But it's a beautiful story. Valentine's Day is a Christian celebration. And it's, uh, Valentine himself was, was an incredible man. Are you giving gifts, kind actions? Is there something you need to do today after church? You need to go and visit someone who would, who would love a visit. Maybe they can't get out. Maybe it's a friend you haven't seen in a while. 
The gift is your time. Are you going to use your time to bless others? Are there things that you have that you own that you could give to somebody else because they could use them better than you? And then we look at the even greater gift, the greatest gift of all, the gift of eternal life, the gift of our faith in Jesus Christ. That's what the parable is about, this parable of the kingdom that we read today. Let let me just um, read a little bit of it again. For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire workers for his vineyard. He hired people early in the morning, and then he hired them again in the afternoon at three, and then finally he went out at five o'clock the end of the day and, and hired a few more. He offers to pay them a denarius, so one day's wage. So they all work together. At the end of the day, they come in to get paid. And the ones who worked the shortest came in first. And how much were they paid? A denarius. And then they came, the rest of them came, and then those who had worked all day came to the desk. And what do you think they were thinking? Were they thinking, well, I'm going to get more than a denarius because I worked hard all day long. I should get more than that. The owner says, don't I have the right to do what I want with my own money? Or are you envious because I am generous? This is a parable of the kingdom. A parable, Jesus is telling a parable about the kingdom, and the king is very generous. The point of this story is the generosity of God to those who are first, to those who are last, to those who are Jews, and to those who are Gentiles. The Jews were the first, and they came to faith in Jesus Christ. And at this time, there was some problem because they were still keeping the Jewish laws, and and they felt that they were good rule keepers. The Gentiles didn't even know what the rules were, but they were coming to faith. So there was this this issue of the people who came first and the people that came last. You know who we are? Are we first people or last people? We're last people. We're the Gentiles. But the first will be last and the last will be first. And that's how Jesus finishes this story. We, dear brothers and sisters, have the generosity of God on our side. And even though we came to faith not as Jews, but as Gentiles, um, his love is as great as those who came first and all of the gifts of the kingdom of ours. God has given us the gift of life and eternal life, and then he says, do with it as you see fit in my love. We are the workers who came later in the day. We are the ones who, who worked a short time, and God graciously gave us what he gives all of us all of those who work for him, all of those who serve him. His his grace isn't based on deeds. We were talking about it in men's Bible study um, this last week. His grace, his love, isn't based on what we do. It's based on our faith. Yeah, it's it's an incredible gift. Our faith, God's love, is a gift. Now, sometimes we act like the Pharisees, you know? I've been working in this vineyard for so long setting up chairs in the vineyard gym, baking for vineyard events, listening to sermons again and again in the vineyard, and that's hard work sometimes. 
I give faithfully in the vineyard. Yet someone comes to faith, and they just, and they just come in, and, and God is going to give them the same that he gave me? Don't I deserve more? It's not fair. It's not fair. We become self-righteous. We become people who are proud of our religion. But brothers and sisters, we are not people of, of religion. We are people of Christ, Christ followers. It's not about our religion. It's about Jesus and about love. When we open the gift, the gift of salvation, when we choose to explore what it means that God has welcomed us into the kingdom of God, we look at life differently. Our life changes. We recognize we have a purpose in the kingdom of God. We have received an incredible gift. And our, this is, this is wonderful. You know what our job really is? Our job is to give our gift away. Our job is to give a gift away. Have you ever had a job where you had to give precious things away? I don't know. But that's our job, to give, to give God away, to give Christ and his love and eternity away freely. We say, take it. Here's Jesus. We, so our faith isn't this. Can, can we do this? Cover yourself. We don't hold our faith like this. We don't, we don't say, I am saved. Charlotte, do this. Come on up here. Come on up here. You, you can be a, come on, Charlotte. Come on, sweetie pie. Oh, she's so shy. She's got such cute ponytails today. Um, we don't hold our faith like this. We hold our faith like this. We give it away. Our faith is not, thank you, Charlotte. Our faith is not to be held. Our faith is to be given away. God generously gave it to us, and it's not something we hold for ourselves. It's something we share. Some of you will say, well, okay, so I have this gift, but what can I give? What can I give? What can I give the world? I've got this gift, and I want to be like this, but what do I give? Firstly, our message has three parts. Firstly, you have a story. Jesus has made a difference in your life, your walk of faith. You've got a story. Now, you're not... Not many of us are biblical scholars, and you don't want to be a biblical scholar. God has walked with you, and, and it's hard to argue with personal experience. You know what God has done in your life. Your personal story is your gift to give away. You came to, you found Christ, Christ found you, and share it in love. That's it. Share the experience of God in your life. Think about it. What was life like before Christ? What was life like before faith? What difference has it made? That's your story. That's your story. The, the difference that Christ has made in my family, in my life, in how I see life, and how I love, how I give. You've got a story. Many of us have this story of persecution, of running from Russia or Ukraine or China or Paraguay, Colombia, Haiti, Brazil, and God protected us. It's a story, the Mennonite story is an incredible story. It's interesting how few people even know the Mennonite story. And it's a wonderful story of God's protection. What can you give? Give your story. I love Mr. Bolt's story of when he met Mrs. Bolt. 
And then he waited 59 months, three days, four hours, and 15 seconds until he could marry, or something like that. I don't know if you've heard this story, but it's a beautiful story. He's told it to me a few times. And this is a story about his love for his beloved, Erna. Isn't that beautiful? We have that story about our love for Jesus Christ. And it's a greater story, isn't it, Mr. Bolt? And you do tell your story about your love for Jesus Christ, too. You're a good evangelist. We have our story to share. Secondly, we have our life lessons. What lessons has God, God taught you? We got, we've all had problems. We've all had crises. We deal with problems, relationships, conflicts. Ethics, values, parenting. What are your life lessons that you've, you've learned? Some of us have been recently married. What did God teach you by getting married? It's a life lesson. And people want to hear from you, well, what is it like to be married? And you can tell them about love. Love for another person and how God gave you that person that you married. Yeah, I, I sent out a little, a little uh, video this week, and I talked about love, Valentine's love, and I talked about my Sarah. And how when we were, when we were dating, we, didn't, we couldn't text because we had dumb phones. We were, we were just happy to have phones back then. Uh, we didn't text. We didn't email. It was the 80s. I wrote her letters, love letters, and put them in a mail with a stamp. And I put it in the, in the, the mailbox. That was a long time ago, Sarah. And I still love you. And that's a, that these life lessons, how many of us have lost money and gone broke, but God has continued with us? How many of us have experienced pain? How many of us, yes, you have, you have a story to tell. You've got a story to tell about your hand and your healing and the medicines in the hospital and how people love you. Yeah. And how we love you. Sorrow. How many of you have sorrowed and lost? How many of you have waited and waited? These are our life lessons that God has walked with us through, and that's our story to share. I have suffered, and God has been with me. So good to have Eva back today. She found out that she has ribs that she didn't know she had before because she broke them. How many ribs did you break? Two ribs. It's all you need to do to put yourself out. She fell on black ice, broke ribs. You know, it's a story, and I'm sorry you broke your ribs, but God can use that story of, of him being with you and near you while you suffered. Yeah, and we're glad you're back. Yeah, our life lessons are our stories. Things we learn at work, things we learn in our family, in our suffering and our joy. Think of Emily and Tim, you must have some stories to tell now as your parents. It's a different story. Life is different now that you have a beautiful baby. It's your life lesson. Did God teach you something through having a baby? Yeah. Yeah. We love your baby. Did God teach you through having all, you know, your beautiful children? Yeah. Lastly, we, our story is also our godly passions. What do you have to give? You have to give your godly passions. What do you care about deeply? Do you care about the environment? Do you care about homelessness? Do you care about making quilts for MCC to share with refugees around the world? Do you have a, ha a passion for children? 
Do you have a passion for education, health care, racism? Is there something deep in your heart that you have a godly passion about? Maybe you love coaching hockey or working with children. Maybe you love creating things or making music. Whatever your passion is to make a difference in the world, when you give that passion to God, he uses it. You're using your gift by playing music, by making something beautiful with wood, by making a quilt. You've got to use your godly passions, your stories, and your faith journey as you, as you give your faith away, as you give your gift of Jesus away. So let's think about that china, those beautiful cups with gold edges and mother-of-pearl inlay. They were beautiful, they were precious, but at the end of the day, china left in the attic might as well not exist at all. And where, where does a lot of that stuff end up? At the charity shop. Have you visited our charity shops here in St. Catharines? There's unbelievable things get thrown away at our charity shops because they were just stored in boxes and no one knows the real value until they're given away. It makes no difference if your beautiful things are stored in a box. So in terms of our gifts, let's get them out of the box. And if you get chipped or broken, that's okay. We'll take care of you. Our faith is to be used. My relationship with God is precious. Your relationship with Jesus Christ is essential for you. But if I keep him to myself, as far as the rest of the world is concerned, he might as well not be in my life. Don't hide our faith. Not this. This. And as I share my faith and as I share my stories, people will see my sincerity and my love for them. And it'll make a difference. When I let Jesus out of the box, when I share what he's done in my life, when I share my life lessons and my godly passions, God works. God works. I've seen some of your, your handiwork, some of you gentlemen who work with wood. I've seen some of the things that you've built mirrors and desks and beautiful things. And when I see them, I see God working through your hands. I see your quilts. And when I see them, I see a gift. I see God working through your hands. When I hear you play, when I hear you and the, and the teams play, I hear God working through your hands and your voices. And I'm grateful. May God bless you as we seek to give our faith away. We go from this place and our faith takes flight. And our gift to our family and our friends is our faith and our love for Jesus Christ. Amen? Bless your hands, bless your feet, and bless your mouth. And if you want to go deeper, we have Bible studies here, and maybe it's time you need to join a Bible study. A, a, a sermon once a week is a good thing, but daily reading of your Bible, a Bible study group, or in terms of going deeper, serving. We have areas 
We have areas in the church with youth and with, uh, with our seniors' work. With, there's all sorts of areas to serve. Our boomerangs. If you want to go deeper, serve, give, study. Amen. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we're grateful for your love. You taught us today that you welcome everyone. Everyone who will come to you and love and serve you, you call us your sons and daughters and you give freely. Whether we come at nine in the morning to work in your vineyard or we come at the end of the day, there are no barriers, no distinctions. Those who come first, those who come last, all receive a full portion of your love, your forgiveness, and your gift of eternal life. So now, Father, we respond to you in gratitude, and we give back to you. Father, we give you our story. You've made a difference in our lives. Father, help us to let the world know the difference that you've made. We thank you for our life lessons, even for our suffering, Father. You've taught us so much through our failures and successes, through poverty and blessings, through pain and pleasure, through sorrow and, and through waiting, Father, you've taught us. Help us to use these lessons that we've learned to bless others and to draw them to you. And Father, we give you our godly passions, the things in life that we love. Father, may people see our love for you and how we give to the needy, how we welcome the homeless, how we care for one another. Thank you, Father. And may your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. Amen. about the message or to contact any of our pastors, please visit scottstreetchurch.ca.